0: Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus Series with Don C. Harris Hello my friends and welcome once again to The Words of Jesus Series. Don Harris here, your host, and taking you through some more Red Ink. Have you started to think Red Ink yet? should have started a long time ago. If you've been a part of our show... Uh, you've uh, heard a lot of what Jesus had to say. And um, all of a sudden, you start attaching what he said, not the nothing out there like we've been pretty much taught to do, to memorize what he says and to quote what he says. But all of a sudden, um, within your mind, you're coupling what he said with a particular situation. It's almost like he's thinking about it. Well, of course, he is thinking about it and what he has to say and... Attaching it to a live situation is, I think it's a good exercise so that we can understand that Jesus didn't say things for the sake of saying them. He didn't say little sayings or then a little memory verses. He was actually uh, speaking to people about certain things and with certain purpose in mind. In the 39th chapter where we've been reading, uh, the title of this particular chapter is Jesus Defends His Disciples or eating with unwashing hands. Um, The truth is, is that he's not defending his disciples at all. He's actually condemning the Pharisees' ideas of uh, uh, how they have questioned the disciples' uh, commitment and how, I I think, uh, kind of left-handedly or back-handedly, they're accusing Jesus of changing, as they said in, um, I believe it's the book of Acts, of changing the tradition of the elders. Um, I've always been kind of fascinated with uh, the book of Acts and and uh, how in that time, uh, the Bible says that, that the disciples were brought before magistrates and they were brought before uh, people and being accused of causing trouble. And um, I think that there's a, uh, there's a, The way that it's written, there's a verse that makes us kind of go in the wrong direction in our thinking, where it says that they suborned men uh, that would come in and make accusation as if what they were accusing them of were um, uh, uh, violations that they'd done wrong that they really hadn't done. And uh, I, I feel the opposite, because when uh, they say that, well, are, these, these disciples are saying that when that Jesus' ministry is going to do three things. It's going to destroy this temple. It's going to open our nation, our country, to uh, more Roman occupation, and, it's, and it is destroying uh, the law of Moses, the traditions of the elders, and and this he, he he's kind of letting on like there's going to be more than Jews in the kingdom of God, and um, they were they they gave this list of of uh, of so-called violations that the that the disciples uh, were doing, and we have a tendency to believe that. They hired people to lie about, about the, the the ministry of Jesus and, and subsequently the ministry of his disciples. But what you'll find is, is, as you look into the scriptures and start reading the stories, you'll find out, my goodness, that is exactly what he's doing. Um, I mean, take the destruction of the temple, for example. Um, it's, it's long been thought among Jews that when Messiah comes, there would be no need for a temple anymore. Well, that's exactly what he did. And um, and he was removing people's reverence for the temple. Master, behold what manner of stones these are. And he says, see ye, not all these things. You know, he, he, he's uh, kind of downplaying their reverence for the temple. Why is that? Well, the temple represents what Jesus was trying to do on a personal level. And again, here we have this, this personal and institutional balance that is constantly going on. It goes on today. Is the church an institution? Or is the church a gathering of, of people that have individual relationships with God? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's the, the second is exactly what? He's trying to do. That's exactly what the church is supposed to be. A place of, of fellowship and a place of 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 congregation and convocation of the people who have a personal relationship with God. Uh, it's not to be an institution. It's not you don't join the you know the church in order to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's not an institution, it shouldn't be an institution any more than a uh, I always give the example of, uh, would you attend? I ask people, would you attend? I, I shouldn't say attend. I should say, <laughs> would you want to go to a hospital whose reputation it is that anyone who ever goes in it never comes out of it? Well, the church's reputation in the world should be more like a hospital than a glee club or a, you know, a, 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 a rotary club or a moose club or a, a, a whatever kind of a, a lodge or a gentleman's club or whatever clubs we might have in mind. It, it, it's the thought of church should be a place where people in need come, receive from, the, from God, and develop personal relationships with God, not through a church or through a pastor or through a liturgy or through uh, you know, uh, denominational guidelines, articles of faith, or all the rest of this stuff, and even baptism. It, it's not a matter of coming through the church to God. You're, you're putting it into a, a wrong idea, a wrong connotation. Jesus, his whole purpose in ministry was to eliminate... That institutional idea, which subsequently eliminates the need for the temple at all. If the sacrifice of God, the atonement of the Lord uh, uh, for, for our sins is all done within us, if Christ is indeed within us, and if the kingdom of God is, as Jesus said, within you, if, if, it, if these things are all internal, how can they develop an external institution? So you find the disciples being accused of, you know, if these people have their way, you know, th- it's going to destroy the temple. Well, that's the... And, and, and as I say, some people think that they hired liars to say this, but the truth is, is they hired men to say this other than the people to to whom uh, there, there was benefit. Um, sometimes if a person who doesn't necessarily benefit in a certain situation that they're promoting. They they feel like that they're neutral. And so these men, they came and made these accusations, but those accusations were so. It says that, that he's come to destroy the law of Moses. Well, you might have real trouble with that, and some a lot of people do. But I don't. I understand exactly. It wouldn't surprise me at all that that's what they were preaching. That the law of Moses is for people who have, who are of no spirit whatsoever, it it shows us uh, how we can and should live in a in a uh, in in a republic in a in a society. It it's it's perfect for that. However, when a person becomes regenerated, when they when Christ starts to be formed in them, the law all of a sudden starts to evaporate. This is why Paul said that if you live of the Spirit, you're no longer under the law. Well, if that's not an elimination of the law, I don't know what is. So we can eliminate the law by obeying it by our own volition, by our own power within us. So the law is not to be... Uh, and I, I happen to believe that this is what Jesus was saying when he said that not one jot or one tittle of the law shall in any wise fail until all be fulfilled. All what be fulfilled? Well, until the church is fulfilled, until you're fulfilled, until you have that relationship with God. Now, I don't have to worry about you killing anybody, <laughs> not if the Spirit of God is in you. Uh, I don't have to worry about you keeping the Sabbath day if the Spirit of God is in you, or taking your wife, or taking a man's wife, or taking his money, or you know, stealing from him, or not honoring God, all the whole list of uh, of commandments... All these are going to be kept. They're going to be kept from the inside out. So the 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 outer law, I can see it being destroyed. How about the fact that they were accused? Uh, uh, the the disciples were accused of uh, taking away our nation. Um, the 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 idea of the elimination of bloodline salvation. Jesus says, "I have sheep that are not of this fold. What fold? Children of Israel." His intention was to save the entire world in the way that he, you know, the way that he had in mind to do so. I don't think he had in mind at all that the Gentiles were to come and sit in the seats that were designed for the Jews. I don't know that he had any idea at all that the Jews would reject him so and murder him and plot against him. But that's exactly what happened. So I, I'm, I'm just saying that. As we look at, the, at the, the ministry of the disciples and we see the institutions of God, uh, we find that you know, Jesus' ministry carried to its fullest extent eliminate this institutional type religion, which requires laws to be written. As I say, the Jews were really concerned about uh, disobeying God to the point of being uh, brought back into captivity. So they built fences around the laws and made things... Well, Jesus said it this way. You you lay on men burdens grievous to be born, but you won't touch them with one of your fingers. He was talking about the hypocrisy of the whole thing. You're making the commandment of God of no effect whatsoever by your traditions. Now, here you have... Uh, this particular thing being talked about. And it's come to light because the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the religious leadership of the day, sees that there is no concern whatsoever on the part of the disciples to follow the traditions of the elders. Well, if you want to make them mad, that's a great way of doing it because these things are very, very important to them. Jesus says, I don't see any importance in this. And the reason I don't see any real importance in what you're saying is because there is, there is only one concern for people who are true worshipers of the Lord Jehovah, of the, of the Lord God Jehovah. And that is that we do what he says to do, not what men say to do. And that's the way this is going to end as we continue to read. Um, he was, uh, and as we finished the last show, we were talking about how the word of God has made none effect through tradition, which you have delivered. The Lord God didn't deliver these traditions to the people. They delivered the traditions to the people. And many such thing, many such like things you do. Then Jesus called all the people to him and said, Hearken, every one of you unto me, and understand, there is nothing from without a man that, entering into him, can defile him. Oh, man. Do Do you realize who he's talking to here? The Jews are convinced that there are many things we can do to defile us and make us unworthy of worship. Um, a lot of the, uh, the laws of the Old Testament have to do with ceremonial cleanliness. Uh, you remember, you know, touching a dead body, touching the carcass of a dead animal. Um, there were some things that required the priest to be so sanctified, so set apart. He said that um, if, if a priest needs to minister in the temple, if he's had a death in the family or he's had to deal with these kinds of things, He's exempt from his service in the, in the temple. But there were some things that were so important. The Lord said that, um, even the, uh, uh, that we have to be concerned about defilement even from a father or a mother that has died. Um, not even for these will a priest defile himself uh, that perhaps um, the Day of Atonement was approaching. And uh, there were certain priests that were um, designated to serve in the temple, and if his if his mother or his father were to die, he couldn't even attend the funeral. He couldn't get near the body of his loved one, even if it's for his mother or his father, you know, or so, you know some close kin. So these kind of things were taken very very seriously, and uh, here you have uh, Jesus saying that. Uh, there's a misunderstanding here. Um, We talk about uh, defilement by eating uh, foods that are unclean, for example. Jesus is saying here that there is nothing entering into a man's mouth that will defile him. Wow, man, you're going against, you know, years, eons of tradition here against the Jews. They're not going to like what you're saying. But he says, it's not what goes in a man's mouth that defiles him. It is what comes out of him that defiles him. Uh, and, And in other Gospels where this is found, he goes on to say that it is because, for, he says, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And in the heart of man there are defilements, there is corruptness there's excess there's 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 so much bad within mankind that the indicator of some of this badness that defiles him is what comes out of his mouth it's what he says with his mouth i really don't think that that the that the the modern conventional church takes this seriously at all oh they don't want you cussing they don't want you saying ugly things. You know, they don't want you using certain words. But if you're able to curse a man without using curse words, it seems to be okay. If you can, you know, say that a a guy is going to hell because he believes a certain thing, that's okay. But if you were to just outright say, damn him, oh, I can't believe you said that. What is going on here? This is this is traditions that is violating the or making the commandment of God of no effect. He's saying we have this whole thing back to front here. You're concerned about little things that irritate you or that you don't like. Perhaps your grandmother didn't like them. Perhaps uh, you know your your church doesn't appreciate it. They don't like it, but. The end result is worse than had you done it the other way. Well, how do these things happen? We just don't think. We're just operating in knee-jerk reactions to life and to, to religion and to everything else. And, and, our, and our traditions seem to be more important to us than, than anything else. Again, you're having you know, traditions replacing commandments of God. He says, but the thing which comes out of the man, those are they that defile a man. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, every time you hear that, here's what you should hear the Lord Jesus say. Not everybody's going to understand what I'm saying here. That's exactly what he's saying. Not everybody's going to understand what I'm talking about. If you understand what I'm talking about, then hear what I'm saying. Make these changes in your life. Perfect yourself in this area. But frankly, not everybody's going to understand this. And you know what? Not everybody does. Now, when Jesus retired from the people into, into the house, his disciples came to him and said, knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended at these sayings?" <laughs> oh, boy. And Jesus says, duh. <laughs> okay, maybe I added that. But Jesus was, sure he was aware that it offended the Pharisees. But do you realize there's people out there that need to be offended? They need to be. They, they need to have that rock of offense that stands in front of them. It, it, these things need to be said to them. And we ought not be so, um, I think this was just the old-fashioned respect for the Pharisee. And the Sadducee, uh, you know, the, the spiritual leadership of the day, I think this is just the old-fashioned respect. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe you said that. Do you realize that when you said that, you offended these people? Now, here's the way Jesus replied. Um, and this is, this goes back to what I was saying before, that there are certain traditions that they are they're good. Some of them are not so good. And um but they all come from men. so I would say that the, the the default reaction to a tradition is to reject it. You'd be safer to reject all tradition than to accept all tradition. However, there are some traditions that are just they're just good. they're just plain old good and uh, and they keep us on track and they keep. They keep life happy and they you know they're just they're just good traditions however none of them none of them supersede the laws of God ever ever is it your tradition to keep Easter on Sunday <laughs> well you know if this offends the Lord if it offends truth it offends logic it offends common sense even if you know, in that particular case it offends arithmetic. It offends mathematics. It offends the, the natural course of the planets. It's it's not right. It needs to be laid down. I don't care how good it is. I don't care how wonderful it makes you feel. But there are some traditions that are just good. And, uh, and, and they're just, they're lovely in our life and they don't hurt a thing. Um, but when it, when it comes to these kind of things, when it comes to making this decision, We have to use within ourselves. We have to have this red ink within us so that we can make these decisions. And here's what Jesus said that that finished off essentially this, this whole idea of traditions versus the commandments of God. Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they shall both fall into the ditch. Now, that sounds like a contradiction. Every plant that my father had not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. Wait a minute. What did you just say? What did you just tell me to do? You said that if the father didn't plant the plant, that it needs to be rooted up, and now you're telling me to leave them alone? Who told you to do the rooting up? Where did you get the idea that it's your job to root them up? Every plant that my father has not planted, do you know which plants he planted and which one he didn't? Listen, you're not going to know until the end. You're never going to know, I doubt I you mean know, you're gonna suspect some things. I certainly suspect some things, but I'm I'm gonna be surprised, we're all gonna be surprised. But it's his job to root them up, not yours. Every every plant that my father didn't plant, he's well aware of what he planted. He knows exactly what's going on, and what he didn't plant, he's going to root up. So, what's your job? Leave them alone. Leave them, leave, leave them alone? Well, that sounds like, isn't silence consent? Not all the time. Absolutely not. Silence can very well be to consign this situation to someone that's better than you at, at, at dealing with this situation. You know, silence in some cases is, you know, I don't know. Therefore, I, I, I relegate, delegate, turn this over to someone who does know and if the father's intention is to root up everything that's not right uh oh well, i thank god he never didn't give me that job but you know a lot of people take it on to themselves and then he says you need to understand as well that many of these are many of these ideas and and traditions and and uh, you know the way it's always been done for so many years these things are propagated by blind people. They're blind. And and whether their heart is right, that's all for God to judge. Uh, well, how, how does the apostle say it? Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. And so, you know, that judgment, or oh, actually condemnation, is, is really not ours to even mess with at all. And he says that these these things are going to happen, and uh, and and you can take comfort in knowing that it's not it's not really your duty to do this. But the beautiful thing about blind leading the blind is they don't they don't carry each other into the center of the highway. They don't prosper in this situation. They both end up in the ditch. Peter the disciple said. Declare unto us this parable, Jesus says, "Are ye also without understanding?" Whew. You know these things are so familiar to me because I've spent time before the Lord and had Him ask me these questions. You know, can, you know, I, I really like. I've been reading this and I don't understand it. I'd love for you to enlighten me on this, and I'm, I'm just, I'm going to wait for you to open these things to me. And you just feel like. Why don't I understand this? He says, Are you without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing that uh, uh, from without entereth into a man, it cannot defile the man? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into his belly, and goeth out into the draft, purging all food. Well, he he got a little graphic there, didn't he? And uh, that which cometh out of the man... That defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile the man. What a list! And where did he get this list? From your heart. So listen to what we say. Listen to what comes out of our mouth. If You want to deal with things that will make you better? These are the things we need to deal with. Let's talk about this next time. Can we do that? Time's gone for now. I'd love for you to write to me. Don at ThinkRedInc.com Until next time, Think Red my friend.